Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Nick Abbott. Uh, more to come on your thoughts about this online safety bill. Uh, but first, let's go to Washington, talk to our US correspondent, Simon Mark. Simon. Evening, Nick. How are you doing? I'm very well, mate. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Been now late for that, but there it is. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> probably the last time I'll hear that <laughs> until next year. Exactly. Now, um, let's talk about Joe Biden, because in a video, I think back in 2020, I think he made a, a, a campaign video in which he reversed his car into his own garage, in which we now find were some was something that shouldn't have been there what do you know about that yes and not just a car not just any old car but his much coveted corvette uh which republicans have been delightedly gleefully pointing out the president owns unlike obviously the vast majority of americans who would really like to uh purchase one but what we now know was contained in the garage was among all the other things stored there uh some classified documents uh that we learnt last night had been identified as part of this continuing sweep to see whether there are classified documents in other properties connected to the president that was sparked by the discovery on november the second last year uh, of some classified documents in an office that president biden used to work out of here in washington between 2017 and 2020 those documents dating back to joe biden's time as barack obama's vice president President. Uh, documents that the New York Times is reporting were briefing papers about foreign countries. We don't know which foreign countries. We don't know the level of classification that those documents or the ones discovered at the Biden residence and nestled alongside the Corvette in that garage related to either. But this is problematic for President Biden for a whole variety of reasons. First of all, he's the man who described it as completely irresponsible for Donald Trump to have squirreled away, uh, allegedly, more than 300 classified documents that somehow made their way to his Mar-a-Lago estate rather than making their way into the National Archives as they should have done. Unlike Joe Biden, uh, Donald Trump uh, spent much of last year uh, heavily pushing back against efforts by the National Archives to return those documents. And, of course, it took that unannounced visit to Mar-a-Lago by the FBI uh, to recover them and get them back into the hands of the National Archives where they properly uh, are supposed to reside. But we saw today the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, doing uh, for Joe Biden exactly what he did for Donald Trump, and that is appointing a special prosecutor. That's one of these quasi-independent prosecutors uh, that will now probe whether Joe Biden, like Donald Trump, has mishandled some of the nation's secrets and decide whether to recommend any prosecutions in the case. That recommendation would then go to the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland. And, and, and you know, Merrick Garland, I think, had no choice but to appoint a special prosecutor today because having done that for Donald Trump, because he concluded that that was far too uh, politically hot a potato for him to be tangling with as Attorney General, well, he really had to do exactly the same thing for Joe Biden. So this is potentially problematic for uh, the White House. It means that uh, this special prosecutor will have a budget, he'll have lawyers working for him, he'll have the power to gather evidence, interview witnesses. The White House says it's going to uh, work 
fully and completely uh, with the probe that's underway. But if the special prosecutor decided that anybody was uh, unwilling to cooperate, he could issue subpoenas legally to compel them uh, to testify. And the other thing that's difficult here is that, as you know, there is nothing Washington likes more than the smell of a cover-up. And this idea that Joe Biden knew a week before the midterm elections that these classified documents, these first batch of 10, had been discovered in that Washington office, told the Department of Justice, returned the documents to the National Archives, but then presumably spent the next week going to bed every night knowing that this story was out there and that at any point an enterprising investigative journalist might have received a leak that would then make a front-page splash as we were heading towards those pretty closely contested midterm elections. I mean, that's quite an extraordinary decision for the president and his team uh, to have made. And the Republicans, of course, I mean, they can't believe their luck, having taken over the House of Representatives just nine days ago, vowing to prove that the Biden administration is an organized crime family and determined to uh, haul leading members of uh, the Department of Justice team up before committees to prove that they're all politically motivated in the witch hunt that they claim that is being meted out towards Donald Trump. Now, suddenly, they've got the scent of a cover-up in their nostrils and they are absolutely determined to launch an investigation of their own into Joe Biden's handling of these documents. How significant is it that this special investigator is actually a former Trump-appointed U.S. attorney? Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, an interesting choice by Merrick Garland. Uh, uh, Robert Hur was appointed to be the uh, district attorney uh, for Maryland uh, by Donald Trump. And it may well be that one of the reasons why he was selected was because he was nominated by Donald Trump. And again, the Department of Justice is trying to show that it's being even-handed here. We are in a pretty extraordinary situation, though. We've now got two presidents two special prosecutors, the guy who is helming the investigation into Donald Trump's uh, mishandling of classified documents is a former war crimes prosecutor. Uh, the special prosecutor appointed today to probe Joe Biden uh, has been pursuing uh, drug traffickers and gangland figures. And their talents, respectively, are now being brought to bear uh, in these probes of two previous presidents, which is also, I mean, a pretty extraordinary moment in American politics. Now, you talked about cover-up, but Joe Biden is not really guilty of a cover-up because as soon as the documents were discovered, his lawyers um, alerted the various yes. uh, authorities necessary and they were removed forthwith. Trump, on the other hand, tried to say that he could unclassify documents just by thinking it with his giant brain. <laughs> yes, and uh, I mean, I think it's worth underscoring that while a president of the United States does have the power to declassify documents, there is a process that is supposed to accompany that decision, and you can't just say, oh, I thought about declassifying that, so therefore it's declassified. A vice president, by contrast, which Joe Biden was when these documents ended up in his, in his possession, as far as we can understand it, does not have the power, through thought uh, or any other uh, kind of psychic activity uh, to declassify documents. Now, you are absolutely right. Donald Trump's handling uh, of his case uh, 
involved enormous amounts of obfuscation, months of negotiations between the National Archives and the Trump team as the archives sought to get their hands on uh, the papers, the Trump team refusing to hand them over. That led to the FBI raid. Uh, and indeed, Joe Biden, as far as we know, has fully cooperated as soon as documents have been found. The Biden team says they were all handed over. I mean, we'll have to see how the Biden team can be certain that there are no more documents out there. They've certainly been engaged in a sweep of all the president's homes and offices uh, and say that they have found no other documents beyond the ones that were lurking in the garage there in Delaware. But the cover-up is more relating to not being uh, truthful to the American people. I mean, Joe Biden's a man who, who said when he came into office that in contrast to his predecessor, when things went wrong, he was always going to shoot from the hip and give it to the American public straight. Well, one week before the midterm elections to discover that you have, uh, it would seem, mishandled some classified documents, albeit not to the extent of Donald Trump. But nonetheless, you know, you're not supposed to have these documents. They shouldn't be there. There are laws uh, written that forbid that from occurring. And then not to disclose to the American public that this had happened. I mean, did they did they think this was never going to come out? They They had to be aware that they were looking at a big problem and and potentially an issue that in closely fought uh, states where midterm congressional seats were up for grabs might just have swung some votes here and there so that so it's more the question of whether there was a political decision not to tell the public that this had happened that the republicans are now intent on probing right just a word on Pete Buttigieg. He's the transport secretary. He used to be, I think his previous uh, experience of politics was being the mayor of Bend, Indiana. Or South Bend, to be precise. South Bend. As opposed to North Bend. North Bend. Bend. <laughs> um, and he is the transport secretary now, but there are issues with uh, transport in America, and the Republicans are, um, <laughs> are suggesting that until he can fix them, he mm. must fly... Our economy on commercial flights rather than take a government plane. Yes, and uh, one of the reasons why the Republicans are going after Pete Buttigieg is not just because of the chaos that we've seen uh, with, first of all, uh, Southwest Airlines uh, having to cancel 75% of its flights uh, over the Christmas period and New Year period because of uh, weather issues. Uh, but now, of course, that FAA uh, technical glitch that saw all domestic flights uh, grounded on Wednesday morning morning for a couple of hours uh, across the United States, uh, a glitch that first exhibited itself on Tuesday afternoon. It's not clear why they waited until Wednesday morning to ground the flights. But one of the reasons why they're going after Buttigieg is because he clearly has presidential aspirations. And in the I think now increasingly unlikely event that Joe Biden decides not to seek a second term in office, Buttigieg absolutely would be a principal uh, challenger to Kamala Harris, the vice president for the Democratic Party's presidential nomination. So the Republicans are keen to nobble him, but they're also keen to say that he actually hasn't delivered uh, on the pledges that he's made since he became transportation secretary to hold the airlines and now the FAA accountable. 
unacceptable. He's threatened. We, we don't have this system in the US that, that, that um, you've got over there, that when there are transport delays, you can automatically claim for compensation. Mm-hmm. There's none of that over here. And he's threatened the airlines with implementing that kind uh, of, of uh, compensation packages for delays, uh, not implemented it, and the Southwest uh, collapse over the New Year period, I think, underscored the need for some sort of attention to be paid to consumer protection. This FAA glitch has raised all sorts of questions about just how safe we all are in the air above the United States. I mean, I have to say there was one particular aviation analyst on CNN yesterday who was literally saying, well, it's a miracle this doesn't happen more often. I mean, given how old these systems are. And the more he talked, the less I ever wanted to board a plane again. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of terrifying stuff. And it's, a, it's, it, we, it's hard for us to understand how wedded Americans are to flying within the states they yeah. they take flights like we take cabs yes i think that's absolutely right and the, particularly over the major holiday periods i mean the thanksgiving period the christmas uh, period july the 4th i mean it is absolutely you know people don't even think twice about it it's partly of course because it's a vast country and if you live in chicago and your aunt and uncle are out in los angeles i yeah. mean you're not going to drive it no. but um uh, yeah, there's no question that there is a there is a confrontation coming between the federal government and both the FAA and the airline industry, and there is also a confrontation coming between Republicans, particularly in the House of Representatives, and the Transportation Secretary. Just briefly, how's Harry going down oh. in America? <laughs> Well, it's inescapable, I have to say. I mean, is it? Lord knows. I well, I've tried to escape it, but you, you. I mean, it's he's on everywhere. I saw he was on with Stephen Colbert. Yeah. I think last night. Um, the polling on this is um, not particularly encouraging for uh, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Uh, there was polling done uh, just before the 60 Minutes interview aired, and the 60 Minutes interview did well here. It got 11 million viewers on the night, hmm. uh, which is, you know, considered a pretty good result for that yeah. CBS magazine show. But, you know, they are not beloved by the American public. I mean, they have a favourability rating uh, of uh, Harry 28% and Meghan 23%. Wow. Uh, uh, but what is interesting about the survey that was conducted most recently is that it shows they face a greater degree of unfavorability among white adult Americans um, than they do among black adult Americans. Only 8% hmm. of black adults say they have an unfavorable view of Meghan and Harry. 38% of white adult Americans say their view is unfavorable. I mean, the other interesting aspect of the poll is that the younger the American you ask, the more likely they are to have a positive opinion yeah. of, the, uh, uh, of the couple out yeah. in California. Same here. Yeah. And so there is, there is a, 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 you know... Generational syn- divide. It's synchronous with what's going on in the UK. Yes. Generational divide, absolutely. But, look, I don't... I mean, in as, I, I think there is less hostility towards them here than mm. there is in the UK, but the numbers do not appear to be moving in their favour. Simon, always a pleasure. Thanks for that. Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent. Uh, Back to your calls about the online safety bill next.